please be seated and I'd like to invite Beth to come. Beth is going to be speaking at our family service at 10.30 and has very graciously agreed to get up early and also speak this morning. So Beth, thank you very much. Let's pray. Gracious God, open our hearts to encounter you in the words uh, of this special day. May we hear you and see you and follow you into Jerusalem as we begin Holy Week. Amen. So like Lucy said, at 10.30 this morning, we're doing a special instructional service where we kind of explain the different pieces of the service to the little ones. And we're not doing a full sermon, but I'm going to be doing some hopefully creative storytelling. So as I was looking at the gospel passage for this morning and thinking, how can I engage our little ones with this story? I thought to myself, there's a donkey in this story. And then I thought, we have a donkey costume. (laughs) Downstairs in our nativity play cupboard with all the costumes for our Christmas Eve service, there is a donkey costume. I don't think it's been worn for a few years. It's a two-person costume and a bit complicated. But I was thinking about this donkey costume and whether I could rope anybody into wearing the donkey costume. And Anyways, but then it got me thinking about the donkey and how I think these are the only two places in the Gospels that we really hear about a donkey. Is today, on Palm Sunday, but earlier in the story leading up to the birth of Christ. And in that story, there's this long and quiet and unnoticed journey all the way from Nazareth down to Bethlehem that Mary and Joseph make to bring the unborn baby Jesus to the city of David where he's born. And then today we see a donkey, and this time it's a loud, known procession, a shorter one from the Mount of Olives into Jerusalem with crowds and with celebration. And it struck me that we've come a long way. You know, from this quiet birth of Jesus to today, where we're celebrating who Jesus is. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, we talk about Palm Sunday and Jesus as the humble king coming into the the city, but it seems like it's not just humility that we see. And in the passage from Zechariah, we, we heard, see your king triumphant and victorious, humble riding on a donkey. But we see this triumphant and victorious arrival in Jerusalem. We hear the crowd calling him a prophet. He's been a rabbi, a teacher, but now they're saying he's a prophet. And it seems like maybe Jesus is finally getting some of the praise that he deserves. It's been three years that he's been teaching and healing, performing miracles, traveling and loving the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people. And it seems like maybe, maybe the people are finally starting to get it. There's a celebration, this recognition of who he is. But it seems to me that this is a bit like if you're watching a movie and you get to a point where you're like, oh, it seems like things have resolved. Things are looking pretty good. But then you realize, wait a second, there's another 20 minutes left in the film. Or you're reading a book, and you're like, oh, things are working out. And then you think, but there's four more chapters. (laughs) 
And that's where we are. We're not at Easter. We're still in Lent. We're still in Lent, and we think, but there's a whole other week to go. So what, what, what about that? And the humility of Jesus, there's this triumphant and victorious aspect of Jesus coming into the city, fulfilling this prophecy. The crowds are laying down their coats on the dusty road so that the animal that he is riding won't touch the ground. There's this sense of awe, this sense of reverence towards him. And Jesus accepts it. He accepts the praise of the people. He accepts their worship. He accepts Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, which we heard in the psalm this morning. But the the humility of Jesus in this story is that Jesus knows the next week. And he's not swayed by the praise. He doesn't go into Jerusalem thinking, this is it, I'm going to be you know, made king of Israel. He goes into Jerusalem knowing what's going to happen. And he doesn't miss the details of this story. This donkey, this animal that carried him to his birth in the city of David, the same animal is now carrying him to the city of his death. And Mount, the Mount of Olives, where this procession began, where he said, go and get the donkey, and we're going to start the parade here and go into Jerusalem. He's going to be back at the Mount of Olives this week. He's going to be back in the garden here on Thursday night. He's going to be betrayed in this garden. He's going to be arrested, led away to be abused and interrogated and sentenced to death. He knows this. He knows that the Mount of Olives is a celebratory place today and will be a place of sadness and anger and chaos on Thursday night. And Jesus knows that the crowds will turn on him, that even his friends will abandon him. And this morning, we reenact, we participate in being the crowd. We come to the altar and receive a palm frond, At the 10.30 service, we not only receive a palm frond, but we parade with them. On a beautiful day like this, we'll actually go out the front doors, along the Queen Street sidewalk, and back in the other doors. We'll be singing. We'll be singing, maybe you guys know the kids' song, Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. It's one of the songs we're singing this morning. I forget now if it's when we're singing that. But we're singing songs of praise as we walk around. We're participating in being this joyful worshipful crowd but when we do that what's sobering to me and what's humbling for me is that if I'm participating in the crowd on Sunday I can't pretend that I'm different and that I'm not a part of the Thursday or Friday crowd those are the same crowds and we can't separate ourselves and say well I'm a Palm Sunday crowd but I would be different on Thursday or Friday I wouldn't reject Jesus I wouldn't walk away Everyone walked away from Jesus. The crowds, the disciples, even Peter. And you know, I was thinking about how the crowds named Jesus as a prophet on this Palm Sunday. And there's a few other places where reference is made to Jesus as a prophet. And in one of the stories, Jesus says to his disciples, who do people say I am? And they say, 
Some say that you are Elijah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus says, well, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. Peter is the one person in Scripture who names Jesus as the Messiah, who says, you're the Messiah, and I know it. You're not just a prophet, you're the Messiah. And even Peter, who had that insight, who had that faith, Peter's going to walk away. Jesus knows all this, and he carries this with him as he comes into Jerusalem. But like I said, it's like that film or reading a book, and the story isn't finished. And Jesus knows what's coming, but Jesus knows the end. And he doesn't push the crowds away. He doesn't rebuke them and say, you, don't, you can't say these things today when I know what you're going to do on Thursday. He doesn't walk away from his friends before they walk away from him. He simply moves forward with purpose. He moves forward with confidence in God and with unyielding love. And we walk into this week giving him the praise and the honor that he's due, worshiping him in the way the crowds did, and rightly so. But we walk with humility, knowing that we still have to go through those last four chapters, that last 20 minutes of the film. We can't cut it off here and say, yay, we're done. And um, in preparing for this, uh, this second service, uh, our children, our grades one and up classes, helped put together the prayers of the people. And I gave them some different categories of the things that we usually pray for during the prayers of the people. And one of them is uh, thanking God for the things that he's teaching us and what we've been learning in Sunday school. And so the, the kids had the opportunity to kind of write down their own uh, thoughts on this. Some of our older kids did it on their own. Our younger kids did it together. And one of our older kids wrote down, thank you, God, that I am not in control of everything. And everything is, and it's going to be okay. And I thought, they, the, how perfectly that fits in with today. Right? That I'm not in control of everything, but God is. And that's what Jesus knew. Jesus knew that God was in control, that God had a plan. Jesus chose to walk into Jerusalem. Jesus chose to walk towards his death because he knew that God is in control and he knew that it's going to be okay. And at 10.30, I'm, I'm hoping to focus as I talk about the story on, on the fact that God's plan is bigger and God is in control and God's love is bigger. God's love is bigger than the saddest day Today is a kind of a mixed day of joy and sadness, of that kind of anticipatory grief, if you will, at the same time that we celebrate a good thing. And I think what I want to leave with the kids and what I want to leave with us is that God's love is bigger. God's love carries us through the saddest of days. We still have to walk through those days, and we still, in humility, are heading into Holy Week where it is one of the saddest and hardest weeks of the Christian year. But God's love is bigger, and Easter is coming, and Jesus goes from the humble king to the exalted king, and we 
even though we join the crowds on Thursday and Friday, we are among the multitude that Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And we are still invited to his table. We are still welcomed because God's love is bigger and God's love is stronger and Easter is coming. Amen.